0: And it's here, under all these layers of blankets, snuggling together for warmth, we find two queer trans ladies. They've been in here for weeks, snuggling together, possibly smooching, I suspect even some butt touches. (gasps) Here, scattered around them, we find things they've watched, played with, and indeed listened to. In addition, there's also a whole selection of skits scattered hither and thither. These are fine examples of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Greeting, strangers, Queer and Pleasant. I'm not Laura Cakedale, Dale. And I'm not Jane Iris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. There's two queer trans ladies. We talk about our weeks and the media we have consumed. And we <laughs> snuggle. We do indeed snuggle. It is a good way to maintain warmth in the lonely, cold winter months. We just do many snuggles in the lonely, we have each other. Exactly. Mwah. <laughs> So, shall we start, as we often do, by talking about things we have played this week? Mm-hmm. What have you played this week? What have I played this what week? What have you played this week? I we played some boarded games. We did play some boarded games. Mm. Some that you've played already, but I played with you and yes. things like that. Where, where did we want to start on the board games? Sure. Well, uh, Patchwork, I think, was the first one we played. It was like introduction. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I talked about this last week. Patchwork is a uh, tile laying game. Uh, mm. and drafting, I guess, is yeah. some in there. Um, you have a, a 9 by 9 grid board, and you have to try and fill yours up uh, with as many bits as possible to yeah. stitch together a little quilt. And the more buttons you have on your quilt, the the more you score as you go past certain points on the board throughout the game. Yeah, it is an interesting game. It's very simple. It is just... Pick pieces, get enough coins to buy the pieces you want to fill up the space. Um, I know that I need to play it a different way to the way I'm playing it, because I lost both the games that we played together. Mm -hmm. Because if you give me a game that is essentially like tetrominoes or things of that nature and tell me to fill up a space, I'm going to have that bit of my brain that goes, yes, but I need to neatly organise everything, and everything must be perfect and not a gap mist. Which is not how you play this game, because the the general gist is, at a certain point, no matter how much of this board you have or have not filled up, we're going to end the game here and you're going to lose points for every empty space, Mm -hmm. and if you do as I was doing, like, oh, well, I'll take this piece. It's only, like, three three squares in size, and it doesn't have any coins, but it'll fill that space up there perfectly. Mm. And then suddenly it's like, oh, wait, the, oh, oh, the sh- game's over. Oh, the game's oh. over. Okay. Yeah, I need to get my brain into the right frame of mind where I can go take the big pieces. Yes, there'll be some gaps that will need filling later. I'll work the... out how to fill that yeah. later. Or I might not get a chance to fill them later, but it's fine because I filled a lot of spaces by taking this piece and mm-hmm. we'll, you know, keep going. There is a, a little bit of forward planning and hope of like, okay, well, there is still on the pe- a piece on the board that will fill this one gap I have. I just yeah. have to hope that if we get near it, I can do everything in my power to yeah. m- make sure that it it comes up on my turn and yeah. not yours. I am I am too much of a perfectionist to play this game the way it wants to be played and I'm going to need some practice to get over that. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. It's a very simple game. It's just fill in the fill in the grid before time runs out. How lose points for empty spaces, gain points for coins or whatever. Make adorable quilt. Make adorable quilt. Mm-hmm, we little buttons. Yeah. It's ah. very satisfying how all the pieces pop together. Mhm. I like it. Mhm. Mm, uh what else did we play? I dunno, what else did we play? We played some Viscounts of the West Kingdom. Yes we did! Uh do you wanna explain this one? Viscounts of the West Kingdom is a engine building, deck building, hand management um action selection. Um. There's a game. L- there's there's <laughs> a lot of mechanics in this game. There's so many mechanics. I watched two hours of video and I still didn't get it. I read the manual cover to cover twice. We played, we played it once at least and I felt like I had a good grasp on it by the end but you ask me now what the end goal of that game is. What am I working towards? I don't it's remember. Yes, but I, how do I score those? I don't remember. There are so many yeah. things. Like oh, I yes. all this game I've been like all this year rather, I've been like I want, you know, more complicated games, something to really get like crunchy and in there with. Yeah. And like brass Birmingham, great. Good yeah. good difficulty level, good 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 level of crunch to that. Terraforming Mars, great, good crunch level. Understandable, teachable. This it's like, you, you need a, a PhD in the oh, teach it's, just to your, get the damn your, thing out. Your board has, like, three or four different games you can be playing at once, and it's up to you how what you want to be doing on the board. Yeah. Like, there's a castle in the middle where you can be trying to get people into the castle and up layers of the castle and as deep in as you can, and they're worth more points. Or uh, you can build things around the edge of the around the edge of the map and you sometimes get bonuses for doing that mm-hmm. and you can buy cards that will oh yeah there's a whole like good versus evil morality mechanic going yep. on <laughs> um and you can you can earn points by doing the morality mechanic <laughs> and each player has like a, a designated like character card that has its own abilities like mine had the ability to be like ah you can take a a deed and flip it over but you also get a debt or you can flip a debt over but you also get a deed and... That's a really good one. Yeah, that one's, that one's really nice. That one had a very clear path to victory on it. Certainly ending the game. It was yeah. a very good way to end the game. I mean, you probably, more than, more than I certainly or any other character potentially, could have really drawn the game out to get the most out of both piles of deeds and debts. Yes. So, the way that the game ends... There might be other ways. The one that I remember yes, is... that that's it. Okay, there is a pile of 13 deeds, which are good rewards that are just, like, they're either good on one side or even better on the other. It's 12. Uh, 12, okay. 12 deeds, 12 debts. Uh, yeah, and the debts are bad, bad on one side, good on the other. Mm-hmm. And when all of those have been taken, all of the deeds or all of the debts have been taken, the game ends and you score up the points. Mm-hmm. And I had a character that had a very good way of Getting deeds and debts and converting them to their better sides.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yep. You were doing lots of putting people in the castle in the middle. I was panicking towards the end. I was like, I just need to do something. You were within a few points of me. We were real close in mm-hmm. school. Yeah, I didn't feel too bad towards the end. But like a lot of working up to that point, yeah. I had to be like, oh, God, it- I'm not achieving anything. And she's just flipping debts left, right and center. It's It's a deeds. It's a game that really feels like it rewards you picking one of the scoring pathways and sticking to it. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I was trying to do that. The problem was that I wasn't quite getting the cards I needed. And it was taking longer than I expected to cycle through my hand. Which meant that I was being left unable to... Because uh, I was trying to transcribe manuscripts, mostly. Yes. Uh, by the end of the game, I just hadn't had the cards drawn to land on the spots I needed to yeah. be able to um, um, uh, transcribe the manuscripts I needed, which means by the end of the game, despite having done loads and loads of, of manuscripts, I hadn't got one complete set. And one complete set <laughs> is only worth one point. It's only when you start to get more of them that it's it's really worth something. So... Yeah. I had it's, a bad time. <laughs> what one thing that I find very interesting about this game is you mentioned the slow speed at which you get through the deck because it mm. is to some degree a deck builder. You can pick cards to add to your deck. Uh, They'll you do check different them things out as well. Yeah, and you can check them out as well in certain circumstances. What I find interesting about it is it's a deck builder where where you're only drawing one card per turn, oh, which cool. means that a very small starting deck. You're going to get through, like, a dozen turns before the deck cycles. There's eight cards in the starting deck, plus yeah. your ca- character, so nine. Yeah, whereas, like, a lot of deck builders we've played, things like Star Realms, Clank, um, stuff of that nature. Within two or three turns, you've made, you've cycled through your starting deck. This is, like, a, a very slow build on the starting deck. You can't rely on stuff coming back around particularly quickly. Yep. Um it's it's a fascinating game with a lot going on. Yes. Just, yeah. Like, it's a bit of a nightmare to teach, but I think once you've got it, it could be a lot of fun to try again. And I yeah. would definitely like to try it in higher numbers. Yes, definitely. But like, that does mean I, I'm going to have to teach other people. I do want to <laughs> play more of this with you, but <sighs> yes, it is, it is quite the teach. Because mm-hmm. uh. I think it was, what, half an hour while I set up the board just going, here is everything in front of you. Yep point at this. Me and this asking and lots of questions and then you being like, I'll tell you about that in a minute because that connects to some whole other game mechanic we haven't touched on yeah, yet. I pretty much ended up starting with the end goal of here is how you score points. You score yeah. points doing this, 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 and this. And here is how you do this, 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 and this. Yes. And here is your board and here are all the actions you can take. Yeah, and here a... are how the icons are translated. I think it was the best way to do the teach. <coughs> but also... It's not a intuitive way to do the teach. Um, I think that's what um Quinn said on that how to do the teach thing. Yeah. Of like, you need to talk about what the end goal is. How do I score points? How do I yes. how can I become victorious? So I was like, okay, there's that. I I didn't get as far as the second bit, which is we are Viscounts. we are doing this for this reason. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> which which I think is like Part two of his his instructions on how to do the teach of, why are we here? Why are we enjoying this? I was like, nope, no time for that. Mechanics, 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 mechanics. Yeah. Up the wazoo! But I had a good time and yeah, I'm up for playing same. more of this. Yep, yeah, would we'll definitely play more of it. That's um, Viscounts of the West Kingdom by Renegade Game Studios. Yeah. Ooh. What else did we play? Um, We played some Root. We played some roots, and your cats ate my birds. My cats ate your birds. Yeah. Yeah, so this is. Adorable war management game. <laughs> it's a war game set in a forest. Yeah, you've got like you know probably like fifteen to twenty little points across the forest that you can move between. Um, just as an estimate, uh, we played with the cats, the cat faction and the bird faction, Marquis de Cat and the Eerie Dynasty. So I started with lots of cats, sort of peppered across the board, and their whole thing was, um. Build locations that generate wood. Spend the wood to build other buildings. Every time you build buildings, that's point scoring. Uh, you can build buildings that allow you to um, generate more cats, which is really good. and You can sort of control where your additional cats are going to spawn by where you build your buildings. Uh, you can discard the cards from your hand to prevent your cats that are destroyed from leaving the board entirely and just send them back to your home base. And it's just sort of... Keep swarming enemies out and building structures. So Laura was doing an RTS, and I was doing a uh, en- engine building. Yeah, game. you were playing a completely different game on the other side of the board to fight me. <laughs> yeah, so I started with one home base or a roost and six burbs. Yeah, and I basically you are given a leader who has two inbuilt actions, um, and they might be build or uh, so it's build, move, recruit and battle and battle um, not in that order um and depending on what suit you place under that section you have to do it in one of those assigned areas of the yeah. board so each each clearing on the board is represented by one of the three suits uh mice bunnies and foxes whereas the birds they live in the trees, so they, they can be literally anywhere. They're a wild so They are a wild card. Um, but yeah, so your whole thing is that you have this decree, which is I must do all the actions on my engine that I've built. Every turn, or the engine falls apart. Yep, my um, entire government collapses. So it's like, you must recruit in, say, uh, a wild card, a bunny, and uh, and fox every turn. I must move into uh, a wild... Or a bunny clearing every turn. I must battle in a wild every turn. And I must build yeah. in something every turn. I, I'm really curious to try playing as the birds at mm-hmm. some point. Because like, the thing about the bird faction is that if you can get a good machine going and keep it going, you get far more actions per turn than, say, the, the Marquis de Cats do. Mm-hmm. Um, With a good, well-working engine, you have a lot of ability to spread and do damage and to be a very powerful force until oops, I failed the thing and now I've gone back to square zero. And I found that really interesting to play the cats versus the birds, because it meant that initially the birds had a lot of pressure and the cats were on the back foot, mm-hmm. and you're basically waiting for, okay, and three, two, one, the engine has broken, now's my chance to try and surge forward Dive. before the I've got a few turns to surge forward before the the thing can be rebuilt. Uh, and the birds score differently as well it's the more roosts you have down on the board the more reliable every turn you get this many points you yeah, get so you get specifically get points at the end of every turn for how many roosts you've got down yeah you can also build like uh, you can craft things um from your hand using cards you've drawn at the end yeah. of your turn um just like every other faction can craft things um but the birds have a, a dislike of trade so unless you've got one particular leader in place You will only ever score one for crafting something, yeah. Which generally means that it's not worth doing that. Yeah, it's it's interesting the differing priorities amongst the different uh, factions for sure. Like I, the the cats constantly have to be pushing forwards because otherwise Mm. you don't have space to build more things. And, like, it's the top-end things that get you the most points. So it's like, well, I could wait until this thing's destroyed and then rebuild it, but then, you know, I'm it's just going to be a low-point thing again. No, I need to push into new territory and keep building. Whereas the birds are like, look, once I've got my roofs down, if I can just defend the line, I'm just going to keep getting points. Theoretically, as long as you can still do the rest of the decree. Yes. The main problem with the birds is you when when your government collapses uh you lose a point for every bird you have in your decree yes and you start with two by default yeah so birds the bird cards are great in the decree because they're wild cards they let you do what go wherever you like in the decree because otherwise it gets real
1: fucking restrictive real quick but
0: they are real risk reward obviously because the better the more flexible your decree the more painful when it Mm-hmm. and we had a real close game of that we had one yeah, where we were within like two or, three, right. two or three points of each other i think i got because i think in the first one i had been a bit more cautious thinking i had more time yeah and then all of a sudden like the game was fucking over yeah We like, so were like that's it seven points at, oh oh okay at, at the top end of the cats like if you can get to the last couple of buildings on a particular building type they're worth like four points and three points see two buildings can get you like about a quarter of your whole goal by itself. Yeah, it's... The the cats can make big surges in points, assuming they can push far enough forward to do it. Because mm-hmm. uh, that final turn of that game, you were one turn from winning, and I just about managed to make it so I could build that last thing I needed to win. But yep. if I'd had one fewer action i 'd have been stumped and you'd have you'd have taken it in the next round so we had a, we had a pretty close game yeah um, yeah I think it, it is just sort of learning the timing of it yeah um, first time through there are two other factions that we haven't um, talked about or tried yet uh, there's the vagabond who is just a, a loner who goes around um, they will search for ruins they'll build stuff they've got this really unique mechanic for how they move. So they have the slip action so they can slip into, like, like, they can slip into the forest in the middle of the board <laughs> and nobody else can get them. but that's their whole turn. They won't be able to do anything from the forest except repair all of their items at once. Yeah. Um, or they could just you know slip into the next clearing. The Vagabond seems really interesting in a larger game. Yes, definitely. It's not recommended to be played in games less than four player. Yes, because the thing with the Vagabond is that you need other people to be focused on like, okay, well, you're encroaching forward, so I better push you back with my combat spaces. And the Vagabond is just like, oh, well, well you, you know, stop each other from winning, I'll just potter around here and do this. Well, the other thing with the Vagabond is like, um, because the when I talked about uh, crafting from cards earlier, the things you're crafting are items for the Vagabond. Mm-hmm. So the Vagabond could turn up and be like, hey, I see you have that handy crossbow. I will be willing to use that crossbow to take out birds from a clearing. Don't worry, I can just do that remotely without taking any damage. I can help you out here. I'll I'll even trade yeah. you for one of my cards. Yeah. If you'll give me that crossbow it, that you've crafted. It it It's definitely a character that seems to require being able to play people off on each other. Certainly, but like in in bigger games, it is very much a case of shit. That yeah. person's getting to starting to win. We really need to yeah. like shut them down. Exactly. Um. There's also uh, the uh, Woodland Alliance who start with nothing on the board. Pretty much, mm. uh, they are trying to gain sympathy. And the more sympathy they gain, they gain. They can start to build bases, and from those bases, they can start to put warriors out. I am curious about them, indeed. They're the ones that you've been now started to call little green slices of toast. Little green slices of toast. They're mice. They're green toast.
1: They're adorable
0: green toast. They're adorable green toast. (laughs) They are super cute. They are super cute. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so those are all the factions in the main game. Very excited to play more of this. Um, Yeah. I am I'm looking forward to what we can do with that. It's also got the second side of the board. Yes. Which you can randomise what type of clearings you've got everywhere. Uh-huh. So that's like a whole extra section that's probably going to be a while before we get to. I think so. I, again, it's it was a great game. I had a lot of fun with it. It wasn't... It was a difficult learn. It wasn't necessarily difficult difficult teach. The problem with an asymmetric game is the fact that you basically have to learn all of the factions separately. Yes, and you can't learn based on what other people are doing because it's only you doing the thing. Exactly. Although they do come with these little cards of like, hey, this is what that faction does. So you can sort yeah. of pass them around. Hey, I'm playing this faction. Here's one of my, here's my card. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can learn about that faction and sort of what their strengths and weaknesses are and and what you need to do. Yeah. Um, which is quite sort of handy. The game comes with three manuals. <laughs> yes. so there's like a little comic book that's a walkthrough or looks like a little comic book. Um, It's a walkthrough of a two-turn game with all four factions. Mm. Which I played through and went I still don't understand this. <laughs> Maybe if I'd had three other people with me and yeah. we could have all sort of talked through what was happening. It might have made a bit more sense. Because the other thing it says in there is we encourage you at this point to ask questions and refer to the other manuals. Yeah, but because I was sat there on my own, I was just going. Uh, I then I do this thing, and now I do this, and I don't really know what any of this is. Yeah, but I guess that probably does work better if you actually have yeah. got a group. the The best way to learn, I think, definitely was to just jump in and mm-hmm. have a couple of games with one of the the factions and go. Okay, I've got to groups with what I should be doing. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously there is learning the rules and there is learning how to actually play them. Yeah, it? like the, f- the the two games we played, the first one was very much learning the rules yes. and the mechanics, and the second one was learning the strategy, I think. Yeah, one one of the things I had heard about um, Root was that you basically want to pick a faction and play them for like a few games when you first get it. Yeah. Just this is my faction, I am learning how to use them, I am learning strategies for them. And also, at that same time, you are learning how all the other factions work because you're interacting yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. I am looking forward to playing more of that. Root is, Root is an adorable, adorable war game where we did many war. You know what's a much grimmer war game where we never fought at all? <laughs> we, we played, played Scythe. S- S- yeah, we played Scythe, which is that, we've talked about it before, yeah. there's mechs on a, on a, on a grid... You're trying to fight each other in steampunk mechs. It's a it's a cross between a euro game and like classic Ameritrash. Yeah. So you've got the uh, there is a little bit of war gaming. No dice rolling. No. There's um some bidding in there, uh, but it is a hex based four x. Um, yeah. You you have four actions in a turn. You can move. You can ah uh, produce. You can um build, build um uh, and uh, trade and yeah. um bolster yeah basically you've got your four actions you can't do the same action two turns in a row um you've, you're a spiel- yeah uh, you've got the ability to upgrade um things so that they cost less and you get more rewards or things like that mm-hmm. um and it's basically just create resources to build your things to satisfy a win condition who's got the most money at the end of the game who dares put down their sixth star first yeah so you have as soon as someone completes six of their objectives the game ends mm. and you score up the points and your main things are popularity is a mechanic that is a point modifier so it, it changes what multiplier gets applied to certain scores across three brackets yep uh, you've got a combat scale that's like these are points you can spend on fighting, winning fights, which um, we did not do any of. No, we we both got up to full combat strength just to get the victory condition. You got and, the start and then left it at that.
1: Yeah,
0: um, we never did fights. There's these little mystery locations on the board where you'll get to pick an option and get a reward of some kind. And you were playing uh, the polish factions so yeah. you got to pick two things i got God to there. pick two of the three options which was working nicely for that's me that's such a good faction yeah it is um yeah so there's lots of different factions to play that have different slightly different abilities mm-hmm. um mine got to pick two out of three options on those little choice cards yeah. um was yours you can do the same thing i can twice do the same one? action twice i was risky. it yeah um I, I think that there is just enough variation in the various cards that get dealt out to people that mm-hmm. every time you play it, it feels like you have to play it slightly differently and the things that are important to you are going to differ. Well, and the fact that you get two boards. So you've got your faction board, which defines what faction you are, what your special yeah. ability are, special abilities are, and what four specials you get for building your four mechs. Yes. Um, whether or not you indeed decide to build a four mechs. Then you've got your second card, which is... Um, how much it costs you to do all the different actions? How much mm. it costs you to do the bottom actions? And all those are pretty much randomised between each. So every game potentially you're getting a different combination. Yeah. Um. I like scythe. I love scythe. I I like that you don't have to do combat as your only win condition. Um. Like very often, like both of us at the end were trying for the same thing to try and bump up our points, which was get you at least one unit into as many hexes as possible because those those are all worth points (laughs) um i think i think my i i won on that game just because i managed to get my popularity into the next uh bracket it was just that i think you had more money as well yeah i i certainly didn't hurt that i got my popularity up above the thing Mm -hmm. and then was like right let's end the game now before you get a chance to get that modifier too I was stuff so far was, away from that all money. All my stuff was worth, worth just a few more points. I was so far away from that money. I, I I realized like shortly after the game finishes that like statistically or like numbers wise, I was making slightly less per turn than I should have done in those last few turns. Yeah, it's like ah, I should have done it this way. It would have made but more that, sense. That's always the way. I like Scythe. I definitely want to play mm-hmm. more of it. I've not played yeah. it in ages. I'm curious about that campaign you played. I I am I, more than happy to play Rise of Fenris with I'm you. I'm definitely up for that at some point. I might even look at getting the wind gambit <gasps> because gambit, it's one of the cheap, cheaper expansions. Is that um, one with the little flying the little ships? ships? Yeah, that does look pretty cool. You, you can't use it until you're like... Th- three or four missions into the campaign. Yeah. So, like, it's it's not a big one, but it, it, it does have that option of, like, you could have airships. <laughs> airships are pretty cool. Airships are pretty cool. And I think it'd also be interesting to see what that campaign is like without the... um without an AI, because I, yeah. I was playing it with AI and... There's there's something a bit different when, like, you know roughly what your enemy's going to do every turn. Yeah. And the fact that your enemy can do multiple things that a human probably wouldn't be able to do every single turn. Yeah. So the pressure is pretty much there to get it finished in what professional players would describe as a shortish game. Yeah. Because you are very much time limited by, like, obviously depending on what your difficulty level is. Yeah. But especially towards the end of the game when it's like... Oh yeah, the automata now gets uh, like three free advances, so it immediately starts with it can move across water. Uh, it gets this and that and the other and all these other advantages and starts with all this extra stuff uh, on top of all the things that you've already said you can have. It's like It'd be interesting to see what a human is like yeah. for these situations. I am up for playing that when we get through all of the other Games, what we got to get through. At it's points. only just begun. Yeah, we played one other board gamey type thing. <laughs> yes. uh, Chronicles of Crime, fourteen hundred. Mm. That's mm. interesting. Um, of, of the three games I got in this month's Atu um subscription box. Yeah, uh, of the new releases I was like new releases. That's just the thing for a reviewer like me. <laughs> of all of them, this was the one I was like, I'm not sure I'm gonna play much of this. And then I I had quite a good time. Yeah, yeah. It is it's a little <laughs> finicky. Um so the idea is it is essentially a point and click adventure mystery detective game. Yeah, we re- a real hidden object vibe. Yeah, a little bit of a hidden object vibe. So like the gist is, um, you're trying to solve various mysteries. Like, I think one of the early ones was, um, my my ring's gone missing. We think the the cleaner's stolen it. Oh. Um what you're going to do and it's all done with ar QR, sc- codes. Uh, QR codes it's all done with QR codes printed on cards so you can you know scan up the 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 owner of the house to, to have a conversation with him and scan the ring to ask him about the ring and it's it can in places get a little bit try x on y yeah there was a lot of uh, at, at times like just rub x on y and see what happened yeah um You've got a few things to help, like you've got a dog companion that can sniff things. Um, you've got your the people back at home that it wasn't made clear. It seemed like they were going to be a hint system, yeah, like a cheat really system. Yeah, it really did feel like, from the way the manual talked about them and just the general setup of the game, that... Okay, here are three people if you need, like, a, a hint system. Yeah, we're and in fact... is that isn't really what they no, are, they're it's... a central part of it. Hey, the game. We, have, we have three people over here who are experts in people, places, and objects. It, you know, go ask them, they might know more that more about this thing that you don't know enough mm-hmm. about. But And can lead you yeah. to completely separate places. Exactly, but, like, uh, characters in-game will, if you show them the right thing, will have the right conversation, mm-hmm. will tell you about a location, and now you can go to that location and... Add Like, make yeah. sure you've got some table space, because this game spreads out quickly. Yes, because you're having to lay out, like, a location, then all the people that are there, and then you need a whole board for the items you've found and the items you've heard about but not found yet. And the people you've heard about but not found yet. Yeah. Or the um, people that were in a place but then left. Yes, and then sometimes you have this mechanic comes up where you scan a location and it'll go, do you want to look around this location in in 3D space with your phone? And... You essentially have, like, a... You you can tilt the phone around to look around a space, um, and you have to, like, describe to the other person who's got a deck of cards, like, oh, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing this, and the other person's like, oh, that falls into that category. Yeah, because the deck of cards is just categories so that it can be used across all the... There's there's three cases in a box. Plus a tutorial. Yeah. Um, so in this case, it was like, uh, okay, I can see a bed, right? Bedding. Uh, I can see uh, um, there's some like uh, there's a big pot of soup and there's like utensils. Okay, utensils. Uh, liquid, because um, the the soup is liquid. The soup, I guess is liquid. Um, there's a bottle on the floor. Yeah. Um, and trying to spot. That's the bit that has the real hidden object game vibes of mm-hmm. trying to spot all the interactables in the scene to get the cards to then talk about. Um. There were a couple of places where we got a little bit, like, moon logic-y, like, don't know how we're supposed to progress this. We know roughly what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, But, like, I had a good time with it. The other thing is there's no firm moment in the game when you're like, that's it. Yeah. But, but now we go and hit solve the crime and, and answer a few questions, and based mm. on... Your answers, you will get a score. Yes. Like So the first one, because we deliberately avoided speaking to the people at home. Yeah. We hadn't got, like, a whole bit of information about, oh, this bottle has the crest of that person, and they live over in this place. Because this is the thing. Even if you know roughly what the answer is, if you haven't, like got the person to tell you the thing so you have the card for that person. At the end, when you're trying to solve the mystery, it'd be like, who did this? And it's like, well, I don't have a card to scan for that. No. I know that it's roughly this person, like, that that's their connection to them. But unless you have, like, found them and mm-hmm. they are scannable, yeah. you don't have them as a clue yet. The first time we did this tutorial, we didn't find the ring. We didn't find out... Who was doing what with whom? But like we we knew what was going on. Yeah, we understood the plot of what was going on. We understood yeah. who was guilty and who was innocent. We answered all the questions. We got four out of five stars. Yeah. And then we were like, should we just play it again and see if we can speed yeah. run it? And now that's what that we now yeah. that we know it's all red, right. we just that. yeah. That's the thing. Even if you don't one hundred percent the case, and you're like, we well, you definitely missed something. Just leave the stuff out on the table. Speed run back through it because you've got all the things to to speed run it with. And go, go and explore like, our whole right, what a Um But yeah, it did a really good job of like. I kind of like that it didn't tell you exactly when you had enough information to solve the case because there's a certain degree of risk reward of like, am I confident I know enough? We weren't confident when we did the first mission though.
1: No. We were like,
0: uh, uh, I don't know. It's was like, well,. Nothing is leading us anywhere new. We've yeah. got every single location board down on here. Yeah, we've uh, haven't met anyone who's talking about anything else. Should we just go and try and? Yeah, think? and we, like... we had we scored hundred percent. So yeah, it's that's the thing with an investigation. You never know when you've got everything. You just have to take the take the dive at some point. And there was a whole moral choice in there at the end of like, oh, who, do yeah. we, who are we gonna do this for? Yes. Like, oh well I think we should do this for this person because uh, that person was trying to yeah. get somebody else killed. And so. again, you you weren't given like <laughs> you did the correct or incorrect thing. It wa it, it wasn't a part of your score. It was just what would you do in this situation? And I liked having that to talk over at the end. Maybe that will come up later. I'm curious. Ooh. Um this is definitely one of those things where I think we will play through all the all of the cases once and then pass it on to some friends. Yeah, definite play and pass here, um, um, and then they'll play it and pass it on. It's one of those. This is really cool. Once, yes, definitely. Um, and also, uh, and this is one of the ones where I'm glad we haven't played it in a larger group. Yeah, because I think that means that we can pass it on. We'll probably pass it on to our local games people. Yeah, we might pass it on to some friends down in Brighton as well at some point. Yeah, or get. Oh, it, like local game people will probably pass it around several several of their groups as well at some point. Yeah, I like to think this will just be sent out into the world. Yeah, maybe I, with a little message for the next person. Yeah, I I do think it is a game that you will maybe get more out of if you have played a point and click game in the past. Yeah. That that sort of rub X on Y logic and the mentality of how to be methodical about how you go through stuff. Yeah, might be easier if you have done something like this in video game form in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, interesting, weird little game, that. Yeah, interesting, interesting idea. Um, I wouldn't... I don't think I would have bought it separately. No, and I don't know if I would, like, go out of my way to pick up and, like... Or another... recommend. <laughs> yeah. to But if somebody gets it for you as a stocking filler, I think this is the same with yeah. a lot of the um, like AR games of yeah. like, escape rooms and things like that. Yeah. Just, like... If somebody got it for you, it would be a fun time you play it, you pass it. But I don't think it's one that you would necessarily want to go out and buy yourself. If someone else bought this and played it through and then passed it off to us, Mm it's like, oh yeah, totally worth the time to play it and then pass it off into the world again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have you played anything else this week? i played a lot of Euro Truck Simulator 2. Hell yeah. (laughs) Fucking love this game. I have finally fallen down the Euro Truck Simulator. Is this your first time going down that rabbit hole? Uh, Yes, because I've borrowed your Steam login to play it, I think, twice. Yeah. And I was on uh, Trucking Tuesday with Laura and Joe. Yeah, yeah. A long, long, long time ago. Once back in the day you went trucking with us. Three, four years ago. Something like that. Uh, Was it Trucking Tuesdays? Uh, I don't think it was specifically Tuesdays. I think it was just trucking. It was just trucking. It with was just Laura. trucking, trucking with Laura and Joe. Laura and Joe! And we were hauling yogurt, I think, for recall. Yes, we did haul a bunch of yogurt. <laughs> because, of course, it was you coming on. We had to haul <laughs> yogurt. <laughs> yogurt. Uh, yeah. Um. So I've played, like, the like two levels of of like game ranking before. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And, like, having now looked through the menus, like, oh, there seems to be, a, like, a whole management sim in here as well, oh, yeah, running yeah. your own company. So that's the thing. You start the game off um doing rental jobs, where the job provides you with the truck, you do the job, you get paid, you give the truck back, you pick up a new job. Pay and fuel as well. Yeah, and they'll pay for your fuel, they'll cover... um And, like, this is the beginning toll section. Roads. Yeah, toll roads. Um, Any injury... Uh, any, like, oh, if you crash into a car, they'll cover yeah. the cost. If you damage your, uh, if you damage the truck will cover the cost. And then eventually you start reaching the point where you buy your own truck, and the trade-off is you make a, a much higher percentage of money per journey, but any expenses come out of your income. Like, mm-hmm. you have to pay for all that shit. You're paying for your fuel, you're paying for fixing vehicles. Yeah. I have only once flipped a truck <laughs> it's always, it's always something when that happens, was, yeah, and it's it's always when you're going very, very slowly around a corner with a load a little bit longer than you thought it was. It's either that or it's um trying to come off the motorway and having to go up one of those quite yep. tight um yep. circle turns. That's the what it was. Spiral turn. Yeah, it was one of those with a, a load of uh, forklifts on the back. Yeah, and I had to call uh, roadside assistance. <laughs> <laughs> but it's. I really like Euro Truck Sim as a good, just, like, chill podcasting game. Yeah. It's one of those, like, I want to listen to something and I need something visual to engage with. And mm. it's just something to zone out to. Yeah, pretty much. I had, like, four hours of something I had to listen to today. So I was like, okay, I'll put that one in the background and I'll I'll just do some... Unoffensive trucking, yeah. And I drove there and back from uh, London to Liverpool to yeah. Uh, Lille. Yeah, <laughs> to Dusseldorf, I've done truck. I've 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 done some some trucking while podcasting before. Mm. Yeah, I I got it to do a bit of streaming with because yeah. it's a fun streaming game. I think I've streamed it once before. Yeah, but now it's like this is this is my my save <laughs> and my copy of the game. Yeah, so I will I will get it thanks Dean style. yeah i i i like it's one of those that i will come back to probably 3 or 4 times a year i'll go you know what for a couple of weeks this is going to be what i'm going to play mm-hmm. and then uh, off into the wind again um american trucks uh, trucking sim um very similar much straighter roads um, much straighter tr- roads but also i like i really like a kenwood yeah so the thing with american truck sim is it is much straighter roads um lots of like just cruise down a nice straight road until you get into a city and you're having to try and navigate there where suddenly it's like oh my god there are cars everywhere and oh this is terrible oh no um city driving in american truck sim is the the true challenge yeah your motorways are just like your highways just fucking straight line off you go nice I, yeah, I can, I can imagine that that would be kind of a problem with, like, all the long straight roads and stuff. Yeah. Because they had the space for it and the <laughs> starter planning of, yeah, we're just going to build fucking straight roads. Yeah. Um, Whereas with Euro Truck Simulator, it's like, I've been on this motorway for, like, half an hour and I feel like we're just doing S-bends constantly. Yeah. <laughs> but, I think, what's going on? <laughs> I thought <laughs> the Romans came to uh, this country. Of, of the two, I think I prefer Euro Truck Sim because I like that just little bit of requirement that I still be paying attention on the motorway. That I have to just just keep myself going on that turf. And it it's way too easy to completely miss your turning in American Truck Sim because you just so weren't no. thinking because it's a straight line. Well, the other thing I imagine a bit of an advantage with American Truck Simulator is that you don't, at some point, say, get on the channel or a ferry <laughs> and suddenly have to drive on the other side of the road. Ah, oh, that's the best part, so. or make. That's like, the best it part. It was weird. The first time I did it, I got off the fat ferry at Calais, and I drove up the ramp. And I was like, "Oh, I am driving. I am driving on the correct side of the road." And I didn't even have to think about it. Yay! Like it was fine. Yeah, like, I think there's just something about the layout when you get to the other side. It just yeah. implies drive on this side. Yeah, they do a good job of that. But... Well, well done, whoever designed Calais for <laughs> better, port. Um, yeah, it was. It, it was it was sort of fun and intuitive to get onto that stuff. Um I'm not doing like fragile cargo because I'm too much of a klutz. Oh god same. But I I am I, I've just got to a point where I could afford my first truck. Oh. So I'm like, I'm out my first truck. I've seen the exact colour of purple I would like it to be. <laughs> but also I'm sitting there like, mmm, this could be I... a problem. I don't know whether to get left hand or right hand drive. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna spend more time driving left hand drive, but I feel like the UK is harder to drive on in a left-hand drive vehicle. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've driven, like, most of the way across Europe at this point in a right-hand drive vehicle, and it's been okay. Yeah. A little I, bit hairy in a few I would suggest right-hand drive. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would also suggest don't get your first truck as soon as you can afford it. Build up a little bit of a nest egg before you get your own yeah. truck. Because... You will be surprised how much uh, how how many costs you incur once you have it. It's worth sitting on a bit of money before you do it,
1: Aww.
0: or or buying it and not doing bringing your own truck on jobs for a bit. One in a purple truck. I know it's look you you've got to make sure that you don't you don't do your first job and go oh wait I don't have enough. <laughs> I wrote my truck off. I wrote my truck off yeah. and I don't have enough for the Channel Tunnel. Oh no. Oh no. No, I think I'm. I think I'm gonna do one more job, and then I'll have enough for the. the job.
1: because
0: oh. at the moment, like I'm doing jobs that get me like twenty thousand euros a time. Yeah. So, and I'm. I think. I think the truck I was originally sort of kitting out and looking to see like how much it would cost was one hundred and fifteen thousand. Yeah. I've just hit one hundred and thirteen thousand. So, Ooh. I think one more oh. job, and I'll have enough to buy and upgrade my first vehicle. When we have time off over over UDP. I think I want to put some time into doing some flight sim playing. You're going to have to take me for a fly. Yeah, I'll take you for a fly Yay. if you're up for that. Up for I would quite like to go for a fly. Bye. Maybe put it on the big telly in the living room Zoom. if we can work out how to do it. Zoomie. <laughs> Sky zoomies. Sky zoomies. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I've been playing more uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. I, I... You've got armor now. I've got armor now. Actually, now now I can dress up like a like a death metal um, front person Wicked. with spikes and face paint. It's nice. great. Um, See, so yeah, I have made basically maybe like an hour's progress on the actual story mode, and just done a bunch of side quests and mini games and things again. Uh, I unlocked some terrible karaoke that was amazing. Very evanescent. Bring me to life with yeah, a man shouting that's... in the track who doesn't need to be there. Uh, I went on a quest with some uh, very spicy kimchi, helping people around the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, did business management sim. I think that was since since yep, last I think week. Omelet was since last week. Yeah. So there's a whole business management simulator in Yakuza, where you have to become the number one business in Yokohama by buying up businesses and staffing them, and um, you know buying advertising time and watching stocks go up. Um, and I became the number one business in Yokohama, and then just kept playing it for a while because I would get like three million uh, yen of spendable money every time I did it. So you made it. Yeah. So like, to fully upgrade the armor upgrading shop in the game costs like twenty million yen. So I was just like, I'm just gonna do I'm it just gonna one. spend. I'm just gonna spend an hour uh, doing the business management sim training my chicken. And I'm like, I the thing runs itself at this point. Um, Like, care for the employees, set the thing running, done. But
1: I still fucking love it.
0: it, It's the thing my brain craves. It's what gives me that dopamine. Number go up. Can we also please talk about the cinema minigame yeah because <laughs> i yeah. only encountered this while editing accessibility oh, I'll, I'll get it there in a second before i finish the business minigame there's a chicken called Om- omelette that runs an entire um, rice cracker stall and omelette is great all of the shareholder meetings are pokemon battles mm-hmm. omelette is very good at pokemon battles and tell it omelette tells shareholders not to worry about their concerns don't worry about it so yeah, let's talk about the cinema minigame. Yes. There is a cinema that shows old retro films. It's all spoofs of, of real films. Like the one I did most recently was Lord of the Rings, but it was about trying to get um, materials for a wedding ring. Um, and the whole minigame is there are sheep trying to put you to sleep in the cinema because it's They're very cozy in there. They're not sheep, are they? <sighs> Do you want to describe them? They're... Imagine a person in like a, a nice tuxedo, but a, a instead of a head, <laughs> a fidget, a nicely tailored suit that's a little bit shiny around the lapels. Yeah. Um. And they just sort of mystically wave their hands up and down like they're doing the swim. Yeah, they're doing like a magic spell to put you to sleep, <laughs> and, and they just have the heads of sheep. Yeah, like with with little swirly horns. <laughs> yes. Um. So the whole idea of this mini game is that. Um, These sheep will be popping up in various places and you have to press the corresponding controller buttons to shoo them away. Occasionally uh, roosters will show up, um, that they do symbols to wake you up, you you actively lose points if you hit them so you have to not press the button when they come up. Um, One thing I really like about this mini game is that you've got your four um, d-pad directions and your four face buttons. It puts the sheep in roughly the positions of the buttons. Mm-hmm. So you're not having to mentally process where where is that button on my controller. Oh, y. Where where is the Y? Yeah, it's left, right, up and <clears throat> down on the D-pads, obviously, but then you know, the, the left, right, up and down positions mirror their positions it's on the very controller for ABXY. These days. Yeah. <laughs> I it's the only reason I can do that minigame while switching back and forth between the Switch and Xbox controllers. Yeah. Um there's also fucking Mario Kart. There's just yes. there's just full on Mario Kart in Yakuza. Yeah. The drifting's not great, but oh, it's serviceable enough. Yeah, yeah. Um I this this video game is wild. I love this video game. It I is. have problems with this video game. Accessibility this week uh, will have gone up and is about some problems I have with it, but Every time I boot it up, I find myself going, I love this video game. Enjoy my getting way too into it, the editing this week. Oh, you did a great job <laughs> of the editing this week. Um, but yeah, I continue to be having like the best time with Yakuza. Um, I'm currently in the process of, um, not not on streams, because I've been streaming it three times a week, using some non-stream time to play the business management game get the money, buy absolutely everything in the game, upgrade everything absolutely just trying to like fucking do all the being an RPG perfectionist so I can come back on streams and be like I did all the stuff, I got all the good stats let's keep let's doing do silly side quests let's side really quest. do more silly side quests yeah uh, this it, uh, it, this is one of the mo- some of the most fun I've had in a video game this year I'm glad, Yeah, it needs fun I'm I'm glad that there is something on the Xbox that has kept my attention for multiple weeks from launch. Mm-hmm. The X the Xbox has re- that that has been the game for me on on the new Xboxes, and the PlayStation hasn't been seen uh, in weeks. <laughs> Ah, it has not been used mainly because it, it's a case of... It doesn't, doesn't have, like, a dragon on it. <laughs> All that, yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, I, I might jump into it again soon because I've been given PS5 code for Temtem, which is that Pokemon Ooh, knockoff. Well, I'm, I'm like... I'm very close to finishing my shiny hunt. What if? Well, that's what I'm thinking is like <laughs> I'm going to need a new Pokemon thing after I finish my shiny hunt and I'm going to need a new RPG after I finish like a Dragon mm-hmm. and I think TemTem might be the thing to fill. So is TemTem finished now. Um uh it has come to consoles, which I assume means it is more finished than it was. Okay. Um I I have not done the research to be like how finished it is, but it's come to PS5 and I have I got given a review code for it, so Ooh. that that's um, going to require a lot of playing to review, though, I imagine. I imagine so. I will get round to it when I get round to it. But mm. uh <laughs> yeah, once Like a Dragon's done, goodbye Xbox PlayStation time. You've got the Pokemon knockoff. Yay! Mm. A <laughs> hopscotch between the two consoles. <gasps> Don't jump on the new consoles. No. Uh, what about you? You played anything else? I see one more thing you've got on yeah, your list. Yeah, I played some Reprisal Universe. What is that? Bought this ages ago. It's a Populous ripoff. What if Populous, but with some ambient occlusion, ah, and, and some fancier graphics, but still pixel art? Okay, and it, it boils down all the essentials of Populous, and and strips it back and makes it into uh, one of those boring ass modern RTS games okay. where it's all about the CPS. Are you doing the CPS? Get the CPS down. Give yourself RSI immediately or you're not playing it properly. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, people have said like the reason that all the, like RTSs have always been supposed to be played like that as fast as possible, doing all the things. You just didn't know how to play it back in the nineties. Well maybe so. But I had fun playing Commando Conqueror at yeah. uh, two. I had fun playing the original Populous and Populous 2. And reprisable universe is like, no, you're getting your ass kicked immediately. You should have been doing something faster and better. It's like, it's it's uh, nice when a but... game lets you play it suboptimally. Yeah, um, I I've got maybe seven levels into this, and I've reached a level of it's no fun. Yeah, I'm not even sure it has a pause button. Which yeah, is r- ever really a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh yeah. I realize you have an online mode, but I'm playing solo right now. So can we can, can- we just pause? I have other things to. do. Oh no! Well, I guess I'm just gonna let that thing eat me, and that's 20 minutes of my life wasted. Whoa. You don't respect really my time. Um. So yeah, I I played I played this when I bought it because it was like puppy. That's wicked. Hmm? Um. And then I dumped it into my. I I have three Steam folders. I have hmm. favorites. I have. Good but completed now, and crap I'll probably never play. Yeah. And I was filtering through for some reason, crap I'll probably never play the other day, and went, apparently I've never played this, but I've got 42 minutes on it. You can't tell me when I last played, <laughs> but I've got 42 minutes. Okay, I'll pop in and have a look at that. And at first I was like, yeah, I'm enjoying the populacy nature of this. And about an hour and a half in, I was like, I'd rather be playing the original populace. Yeah shonky graphics at all <laughs> uh, are you? Uh, the only other thing i've done is i have finished age of calamity <gasps> or at least i've seen the credits roll in age Same. of calamity um i really like the final act of that narrative i think that they did a very good job of making all of the characters feel like an integral part of what went down mm-hmm. i like the final boss design mm-hmm. um I liked feeling like I had some agency in how it all went down. Mm-hmm. And I really want to unlock the the uh, post-game unlockable characters. There are some post-game unlockable characters and I want them. Yeah, I've I've taken a little bit of time to play some more Age of Calamity this week. Because I think I I think I played it hardcore, yeah. Leading up to the credits, and then was like, I need a bit of a rest. Yeah, I I'm in a similar position where I've like finished it and gone, I'm gonna take a breather, gonna play other stuff, but I know this is here and I will definitely come back to this. Mm. I mean, I think that's also how I treat the original uh, yeah. or, or uh, definitive edition. Like I played through it. I played through all of the campaign mode. I got to the end of it and went, okay, I'm done for a while. And then, like, three months later, I was like, I'm going to do most of the first adventure map. Yes. And I didn't do most of the first adventure map, but I did a lot of it. Yeah. And then another three months after that, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back into that for a while. And I did, like, a bunch more of that. Nearly finished it, never quite. I don't think it's even going to be that long for me. I think, like, by the end of this month, I will probably be back in for a bit. (laughs) It depends what else is going on. Well, yeah, of course. I think it's going to be at least a... Give it, like, a month or so, I'll probably be back for some more. But Mm. I've... I've seen the credits rolling on. That was great. I will definitely play more of this. Yee. I'll come back to you. Yee. Oh, I think that's everything I've played this week. I think that's everything I've played this week. Well then, time for this. Meow. Meow. I- I'm, I'm afraid. What? Meow. I'm afraid. Afraid to live with lesbians. Why Why am I afraid to live with lesbians. Have Meow. you heard what they eat? Meow. What do they eat? Meow. I read on the kitty-based internet <laughs> that lesbians eat pussies. <gasps>
1: <gasps> Not pussies. No, no they love us. us. They no said they love us, but what if they're just fattening us up <gasps> for UDP?
0: No, don't be so silly, young kitties. Meow. It's just a euphemism.
1: No, what's a euphemism?
0: <laughs> a silly word, don't worry about it. Am I a euphemism? (laughs) You can be whatever you want to be. Yay, a euphemism! (laughs) Now they'll never eat me. No, they just eat eat each other's fannies. Oh, is that all? That's all. So where does the cats go into it? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Check it out, check it out, check it out. Look, I've got the box box arrived oh oh it's, shit what's in it yeah, yeah that's, it's, is bad, that it? it's badly taped up oh. so you know you know this came from ebay oh Ooh. it's an amazon box with other tape on it Ooh, i can feel all the energies <gasps> i can feel all the energies coming from the box. oh <laughs> uh, yeah right <laughs> Ooh, yeah. okay i'm gonna cut it open here <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> candle oh, hey, candle. oh it's creepy and it's a clown oh and genuine porcelain Pl- pl- plas- plastic. Poor, poor sauce P- plastic. plastic. Yep. Like, So I'll read you the, the description. It's a white energy doll uh, named Kirsten. Um, yeah, like, they're good for, like, uh, br- they bring you stuff apparently. Oh like, of course yeah. they do. Of course they do. Yeah, and um, yeah, they're like a really nice, sweet spirit and good for good for light work and good energy. So I'm just gonna use it to scare the crap out of anyone who comes around the flat.
1: <laughs> uh. Hello. What? Yes, I am casting. I am here to do all the light, world energy work. I have been sent out into the world to to uh, do more of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I was hoping that perhaps we can we can work together to, to put more healing energy into the world.
0: Honestly, I was just gonna get like really really baked and just like laugh at you and stuff. Maybe get you to move when uh, when Chris comes round so he fucking pisses himself. Yeah, can you do that? Could you like like you know, just like move something to really to just like really freak him out,
1: yeah? I, uh, I-, I- I turns uh, to help you find lost things and um, I wanted to help you project more, more good energy into the world.
0: Oh, you find lost things. You found my lost virginity. I lost that. Uh, like, Don't be like that anyway, because virginity is just like a patriarchal concept. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that of me mates Barry and Larry. Yeah, I mean, I, I listen to everything they say. That's, that's <laughs> certainly something they would have said. Anyway, you sit on the bookshelf. If you want to get me something, I could use some crisps from the shop. ketchup up, So, what have you put into your eye needs? Basically, just Battlestar. <laughs> we, we've watched considerably more Battlestar. We are... How far into season three are we? Uh... I think we watched episode 15 last night. Okay, so we are over halfway through... We're, we're more than three quarters. Of yeah, the way we're like three quarters of the way through season three. Um, Yeah, season three has some intense episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, A lot of... Season three seems to have been the season for, hey, characters who've got some baggage they've been sort of dancing around and not dealing with, let's deal with that. Some stuff we set up last season, fine, let's have the payoff for that now. Um, everything with Gaius Baltar has been interesting. Fascinating. It's been interesting as hell. Um, and Caprica 6. Yeah, everything with Caprica 6 has been interesting. Um, I have so many questions (laughs) about this world, (laughs) and, um... It's a good mystery. Yeah, yeah. Everything to do with, um, uh, Boomer? Boomer? Uh, do you mean uh, Boomer Sharon or or? A uh, boom. Uh, uh, wait. Do you, so do you mean sorry? Uh, Sharon Boomer or Sharon Athena? Um the the one that is currently on uh, the the one with the with the, the baby good one or the bad one the one with the baby the good one. Um. The, yeah. uh, Athena. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Uh, uh, Athena. Um. Yeah. So everything with Sharon Athena has been. I am consistently surprised that she sticks around. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm glad that she is sticking around. I like her as a character. Mm. I am constantly like, I wouldn't blame you if this was the straw that broke the camel's back, there, yeah. friend. If if this wasn't the day that you you know stuck your child on a raptor and just flew off, never flew to be seen off again, and nuked the Battlestar Galactica, on the yeah, way out. wouldn't wouldn't blame you, wouldn't blame you. <laughs> nope. Um, it's it's been nice watching um the cast. Put the pieces back together after the complete teardown that was the end of season two. Oh, gosh, Watching yes. them sort of build themselves back up from there. Yeah, because there's obviously been a lot of, we have to recover from the end of season two. Yes. I mean, because the, the whole first half of this uh, this season was, we have a lot to deal with. We we have to get get going again. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. Battlestar Galactica is really good. <laughs> it's really good, and that population number just keeps dropping every episode. Yeah, it does. But it'll all be fine if they can find Earth. Will it? Maybe.
1: <laughs> We're Will... oh, many. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: what about you? What did you watch this week? I have watched a lot of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, um, that's that's mostly. I've been watching um, the. Board game geek channel on YouTube. Mm. Uh, they have a couple of good shows on there. Um, uh, the Watch It Play channel has like a bunch of hey, here's some information about just games games we're playing. Yeah. Do, do you want to just play some board games? Um, they do a top ten, and they change the name of that regularly <laughs> as a joke. Um, I've been watching uh, the Brothers Mirth. Mm-hmm. I've been doing their top 100 board games. Yeah. Over the course of about the last two weeks, mm. uh, we—I think we—tomorrow is the, the the final 10. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so it's been sort of interesting, like hearing about games that you've never heard of before. Mm. Um, just just like stuff that, like, I watch a lot of Shut Up and Sit Down. I watch a lot of like Watch It Played and stuff. So to find two people who are like absolutely obsessed with a game called Shakespeare that, like, I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about. Yeah. That's a, I think it's a worker placement game about basically putting on a Shakespeare play for the Queen, oh. and and sort of trying to get like the the highest possible score from your performance, while also making sure that the actors are getting paid and yeah all sorts of other things that are very difficult in Victorian England. Indeed, mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty much everything I've watched I think yeah uh, the yeah. only other thing I've really been watching is I've been watching Drawfee episodes because they're yeah, really good yeah. just background when you're doing other stuff Um, they're good people to listen to yeah uh, Soothing. Yeah. so we watched we were watching um, part of a video over <gasps> dinner tonight which was um, attempting to draw celebrity faces Um, but every time you draw a facial feature you have to then hide the layer um, so it's like oh you've drawn an eye turn that layer off you don't get to see that anymore. Draw the other eye. Where was it in relation to the first one? Who Where's knows. The, where was the nose? How long did, the long ago e- did you do that? Yeah, a, a, a while ago you did the face shape. Where are you going to put those ears now? Um there. and you turn all the layers back on and go ha, ha 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 ha. Oops. Why does Tom Hanks look like he's been stung by bees? He's, why are Misha Collins' eyes so high up on his face? <laughs> um they they is Drawfee is a good channel for just Soothing, silly art content. Mm-hmm. The sort of thing that you don't have to be 100% laser focused on to just yep. chill with. Yeah. 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 I think that's everything I've watched this week. I think that's everything I've watched this week. Well, then. Time for this. Time for this. Laura got a new sponsor! <laughs> Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you require answers? I, I do. I have questions sometimes. Do you have questions? Yeah, like... Would you like answers to those questions? Yeah, I sometimes wonder why you can see the moon in the daytime sometimes. Yeah, that's a question I've got. Do you sometimes wonder how many leap years there are in a year? I can't say I've ever wondered how many leap years there are in a year. Exactly. I... Oh, oh! Is Wait. this is this that place where people ask how we, how is babby form? How is babby form? How is babby form? And you can find the answer to that on Wahoo Answers. Wahoo Answers. <laughs> ah. Uh. It's it's a perfect place to go if you need to know something, and you'd preferably like it answered by 30 arguing uninformed strangers. Indeed, and if you ask something ridiculous enough, it might end up on a McElroy podcast. A McElroy podcast? Yes, which are legally distinct from the McElroys. Yes, yeah, the McElroys. <laughs> the McElroys of the Clan McElroy. <laughs> uh, you know what? Maybe I'll go ask 30 uninformed, arguing strangers why I can see the moon in the daytime sometimes. Exactly. So if you want to head over there and enter the code QNPS146, and you'll get premium membership, and 30 people will be assigned to answer your question immediately (gasps) over on (laughs) Wahoo! Oh, wow. One of, the, one of the people who answered mine is that person who answers like 115 things a day. Wow. Yeah, they came to mine. They came to yours. I, but they were probably assigned to yours. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's what we get for, for shilling for these people. <sighs> oh, time for this. Time for this. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi, hi, hi. How's uh, how's business treating us this, uh, this week? i am not checked the business uh paperwork. How's the business? Yeah, I mean, uh, we've uh, we are doing very well. Yeah, yeah, our games are selling very well. I have had to uh, have a bit of a, a a chat with the guys in R and D. I think yeah. they might have gone too evil. Too evil. Too evil even for Is there for us. such a thing? Yeah, they had this whole proposal thing where they were going to... Uh, they found a way to induce seizures deliberately. You know how we have that... Sort of uh, a techno cover- future. The techno future. Uh, what's it? I was thinking more about just the general disclaimers we put on all oh, our that games, thing. Just, yeah, as a, yeah. just as a cover our ass thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we we've got one of those in the game, right? But they wanted to put a just a seizure-inducing thing. Like, do you are you at risk of seizures? Do you even not know if you're at risk of seizures yet? Here is the thing that deliberately it's, induces This data. is a test that will help you determine if you are at risk of seizures. Yeah, apparently, okay, yeah. apparently they actually, like, doctors actually use this to, uh, you know, induce <laughs> seizures to, like, check on brain scans and stuff. So we, we, we could weaponize video games.
1: Yeah. That
0: seems like a problem. Yeah, I mean, because the problem is if if any of our, um, the, the money drones, um... C- they give us the money for customers. Stuff. Customers. That's the ones. They're money people. Yeah. Uh, the 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 money drones. Uh, if we lose them, we're gonna have to wait for more of them to be born to be suckered into our traps so, and to get involved in us. I, I do think you have a good point. Yeah. But 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 mm-hmm. what if we keep this tech in our back pocket? Just just you know just in case because yeah we don't yeah. want to kill off the people to buy the video games. No. But. What if we put it in there so that if people refuse to buy the DLC then it flashes at them? No, I think even then that's You think uh, even t- then yeah. that's that's yeah. a line yeah. we don't I cross. I think that's a line that we, we, we uh, are. even us. Even yeah, us, even we, we wouldn't do that. Well. I mean we are way too smart for that. Yeah. I would say that you are a fucking genius. <laughs> As are you. I know.
1: So <gasps>
0: what? have you put in your ears oh well all of the book stuff has kind ca- ca- finally calmed the fuck down um and i've had enough brain to listen and focus on things mm-hmm. so i caught up on the magnus archives <gasps> i am up to date on the second arc of season five and um yes yes indeed thoughts <laughs> um they have continued to be very, very effective at uh, at, uh, at the horror that they do.
1: hmm They're
0: very good at that. Yes. Um, the... Huh. Some of the revelations toward the end of that last episode were very interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I very much enjoyed their depiction of London. Mm. London as a horror setting done in a very under in a way that i it's can scary because it's true it is it is and it, it they've had some episodes recently that like yep you, you got me with that one mm. that was a, that was a good one mm. and there's still a whole third of a season to go yeah there is yeah there is um they're not going to finish till like february i think yeah i i did get around to listening to that one episode that i don't know if it was there at launch but i know listening to it now has a disclaimer at the start to be like we think we walked a bit too close to the line of uh, trauma as horror, which was the um, the police detention one of being kept in a prison cell without... Is that from this season? Yeah, from oh, this okay. this arc of this season. The, the problem is I've listened to them all as they've come up, but um, y- yeah, I can kind of see
1: yeah, that, that
0: that one deserved a it, it was an interesting... They, they all have... Like, uh, and, well, yeah, thing. they all have content warnings, content warnings and, and, and notes, but like, I understand why that one they were like, this one wasn't really fantasy, this was just. This is what happens sometimes. This is what happens sometimes, and we didn't really fantasy obfuscate it enough. Yeah, but I mean, also, we've, we've had some of the medical stuff, and some of that felt like very real, potentially. Yeah, I, I had, I, because that's the thing, I was thinking about that episode being like, are there other episodes that feel equally this? This is just playing with a real thing, and it's not particularly. And the the one that got that I was thinking about is that not being believed by the uh, mental health doctors. Yes, one? I mean that that is the one that shook me more than any of the others from this season. Yeah. Um. The the next closest one was the first one in London with the cameras. Yeah. And the woman in the apartment. But again, here's the thing. I I think that it's justified to a certain degree in the fifth season of this show. Like. It's not like they've jumped to that out of nowhere and that's what yeah. they're relying on. It is, it is literally the horror apocalypse. <laughs> yes, it is the horror apocalypse. And the closer we draw toward the the finale of that show, the more it is just... Sometimes the horror is just the real thing that is happening. Mm-hmm. um, Which sometimes that's the scariest thing of all. Like, I was listening to the Q&A for this... Um, arc of the season oh the um, retrospective of just asking questions and yeah and yeah that. and I can't remember who it was who answered it but a lot of the cast were being asked what what's the thing you're afraid of and one of the I think it might be whoever plays Helen was like the thing that scares me is the existential dread of the planet dying and sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes the scariest thing is just
1: oh yeah the this thing is happening the right thing now. that's
0: real and is happening is the scary thing sometimes yeah yeah which is why, like, I'm, I'm, I think it was really interesting. Like a while back in the show, when there was the discussion of that being born as a new fear, and does is that a, yeah. it does that constitute a fear on its own merits, or is it a combination of other fears? Mm-hmm. It was a very interesting discussion. It was, yeah. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, then then we had a couple of stories with the uh, the end. Is it the end? No, the um, the extinction. Yes, yes, yeah. Ah. Um. <sighs> The Magnus Archives continues to be very well put together short form horror. So good. The the interwoven like meta narrative is holding its own. It's <laughs> do you remember when I started what, listening to it? Oh, <laughs> I yes. was like, I love how they're not all connected, and I don't have to think about it a lot. <laughs> uh, what it's... a fool I was! <laughs> but like they've they've done a good job with that meta I've narrative. Done such a good job. It's I'm I'm curious how they're going to wrap it up, but. Right now, I've, I've it, yeah, I'm thoughts. still pretty hooked on it. I've got some thoughts, and I think it was dialed in way back in season one. Yeah, I'm curious that... to hear off air what what you think. Ah, mm. uh, what about you? Have you listened to anything else this week? uh yeah, Stella Firma's back. <gasps> the, other, the, the other the other Rusty Bull podcast. podcast. Yeah. This is about the ones uh, designing planets. Um sorta. Of. That's where it started, yes. Yes. But like like all the Rusty Quill products, it, it had a meta narrative. I, I have it downloaded on my phone. I will eventually start it. Um <laughs> So the last season ended quite dramatically, and this season has this has begun sort of quite hopeful and light, but but also Trexel being Trexel forever, and I don't think that's ever gonna change. Um don't wanna to spoil too much, but like the like the fear of what's going on overall hmm very very large <laughs> the thing with the the what the what's happening right now actually quite sweet <laughs> i i I love that uh David is sort of got the upper hand for a moment, kind of and trexel's a bit out of out of his place Aww. right now, um. But there's also all the mysterious forces moving in the background. You've got to have mysterious forces. Mmm. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say too much. Is that uh, I'm going to listen to it. It's on my list. A fun bit of improv most of the time that's strung together with this story of just... Mmm. Things happen to the human race, huh? <laughs> uh, I listened to a couple of songs this week. Yeah, yeah. I listened to a track called CPR by The Walnuts. Uh, It's a very sort of light and floaty track Mm -hmm. um, in terms of its melody. It's very sort of just soft and floating. Lyrically, uh, it's sort of set from a less than optimistic uh, perspective of going (laughs) through CPR. Um, It's written from the perspective of someone who is undergoing CPR but is somehow conscious during the experience and thinking through like it's all a bit unpleasant what's going on here uh, I get that it's got to, be, it's got to happen but hmm. you know you have you've been rather rough on my ribs there Ooh. yeah gonna have some bruising gonna have, oh I think you cracked one of them enough. Um. Uh, and he then sort of pivots at the end to being a bit more about sometimes CPR isn't enough to save someone and it, that sucks but you tried not gonna blame you for trying to keep him alive. No. Uh it's it's an interesting little track. Um and the other one I think I've I think I've listened to this before and I might have talked about it on this podcast before, because I don't remember the track name, but I remember the band name. Right. Um A Cab for Cutie. You have talked about yeah, the band name. Um uh, is the is the track and the band was Newground's Death Rugby. It's an amazing name. Yeah, right. I, I Forgive me that I've talked about this before, and it came up on my Discover Weekly again no, because it's I, a great title. Apparently, I didn't the first time, like actually click the like thing on it uh. that makes it go. Yes, you have acknowledged this track. We won't discover it for you again in future. Um, uh, it's just a sort of um, femme-fronted punk track about uh, being a bit frustrated that it feels like the world's going to shit and God's decided to look the other way, and just being a bit like, "Fuck it." If no one else is going to help, we're gonna we're gonna do it. Mm. Um, good little punk track. Yeah, you're more punk. Yeah. What about you? You listen to anything else this week? Um, I've been listening to sl- slowly listening to more of the SCP archives. There are some good voices on that show. Mm. Um, and I just for I think it's that whole thing about using horror as like a controlled fear that you can deal with in times of bleakness. That. The Magnus Archives and SCP have been two things that I've really spent a lot of time listening to, and other podcasts that I used to listen to for more for entertainment purposes seem to have dropped off a bit this year. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Possibly psychologically. It, it's been a weird year looking at what podcasts I've been deprioritising and which ones I've been focusing on. Mm-hmm. Like I'll still make time for my bim-bam in the week, um, but, like... I've been listening to fewer things like I've listened to less Schmanners, less Sawbones. Um, and there's like, there's certainly. I've stopped listening to a lot of gaming podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, it's been a weird year. Yeah, I mean, stuff. like, the only one of my regulars that I've kept has been um, Podquisition and hey. Boston's Favourite Son, as it appears. There's a new one of those up. Um, but, like,. Like, I used to religiously listen to Dice Funk every week. <laughs> and then, like, the first lockdown happened and I was like, I I've realized I really only listen to it when I'm commuting. Yeah. And I think that hasn't helped with the changing things. That's that's been a weird thing this year, is like that's where I used to listen to a lot of my I had traveling podcasts. Yes. Like, that's what what I enjoyed like a good like Schmanners or Sawbones or something mm-hmm. for is because it's um not too consequential something to focus on but that like i'm not going to get so wrapped into that i miss the stop i need to go for the train or something yeah and like i've missed having there are certain podcasts that have certain settings i listen to mm-hmm. them in it's the reason why i every time i go back to welcome to nightvale i struggle to do it because yeah. i don't have long multiple times a week walks in the dark yeah like, and the, the the few times I have listened to Dice Funk this year has been when I've been on the train to the hospital. Yeah. Like, makes sense. Yeah. It seems to be that I do have these specific things, and anything else is just like, I can squeeze in. Because uh, SCP archives can be anything from, like, 16 minutes to half an hour. Yeah. So it's like, that's just a little nugget of time I can generally squeeze in. Yeah. Um, skipping adverts and intros and outros. Um and Magnus, obviously, just because I'm heavily invested in the story, but pretty much everything else has just gone. Yeah, it's been it's been a weird year for that. Well, maybe at some point we'll in like maybe once we finish Battlestar, we'll have a what podcast did we want to catch up on? We'll, we'll game and podcast instead of game and TV, maybe. My bad. My <laughs> We've still got TV shows we've left by the wayside. Yeah, because we got super into Battlestar. That's all right. I reckon in a couple of weeks we'll probably have finish Battlestar. What 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 did we drop off that we need to uh, come we back were to? Listening to uh, watching uh, School Nurse Files. Oh yeah, um, we've got like six or seven shows in our uh, to watch queue. Yeah, uh, I imagine at some point we're probably going to watch The Mandalorian. Probably maybe that free at some point. Yeah. Use it and then drop it before we spend any money. Exactly. <laughs> right the main wait, reason I wouldn't pay for Disney Plus oh, God, if, yeah. if we've got a freebie. I've got a freebie and the main thing I want to use it to watch is those Pixar there's some wonderful Pixar shorts that are Ooh. only available on there and I'm like, I just wanna watch those shorts at least once. And I kinda wanna watch um Uh Inside Out again I watched a thing on YouTube the other day I can't remember what it was I think it's like psychology in cinema I have had them pop up in my YouTube recommendations I don't know where they came from Suddenly popped up Neither do I They popped up on mine too And I yes. watched the Inside Out episode And I was crying like a child uh, Same it, That film is so good And that video was very good mm-hmm. Yeah it, it was It was good to hear a psychologist going No It's important that you cried And showed vulnerability yeah, on this show Exactly mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think that's everything we've watched. Uh, uh, we watched And listened to we've got yeah. real <laughs> sucked back I think that's everything me. we've watched with our ears this week <laughs> Yes our ears have watched Well then <laughs> time, for
1: this. time for this The most evil year we have ever fashioned Is almost at an end Before it finishes How can we make it even more devilish Perhaps a sinister chocolate box. Oh, one of those salty ones. Yes. Mm, What are you thinking of putting in there? A selection of strawberry, chocolate, and orange creams, because nobody likes all of them. Even if there's that one weirdo in the family who's like, ooh, love me an orange cream, they probably won't go for the coffee. Are you suggesting we don't label which ones which? They're all just sorted, everything in the same colour wrapper. Oh, that's devilish. See, I like the strawberry ones maybe the cloth not the orange ones, though. Exactly. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. There yes. are the good ones in there. Oh, no. Yes. You don't know what you're getting. It's like that time we invented revels. Oh, 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 oh. That's That's a wonderful idea. I also propose that there will be something that is a chocolate chip cookie. But some percentage of those chocolate chip cookies will contain raisins. <laughs> you monster! <won't> yes. <laughs> See, I like, I like raisins, but I don't want the one that I expected you want want. Yes. And finally, I suppose, peanut brittle. Is there anything more to that, or just peanut brittle? Oh, it's squirrel shit. Just wrapped it up in a shiny thing. It's got a lot of nuts in it. Uh Aha! High in fiber. I I don't know that we'll fool them with that one made it smell very strongly of cheap chocolate. Hmm. Give it a try. I mean... Do try No, 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 no. That's not what I meant at all. Very well. I think our devilish chocolate box is ready. Also, one final thing. I will suggest that there is the delicious praline something in... A truffle of sorts, perhaps, but there will be none in any of the boxes.
0: I'm Karen Bigotsworth and I've been cancelled. You can read all about it in my new weekly newspaper columns. Also, radio and television appearances that I will be making throughout the year. Also, I'm doing a book tour for the launch of my new book. So that'll be out and has already been picked up and uh, that's two additional sequels that have been booked about my cancellation because, you know, my voice just isn't being heard Uh, but don't worry, next year they are making a lifetime movie about my uh, circumstances of the fact that I've been cancelled. I'm also headlining Glastonbury to say how cancelled I've been You don't seem very silenced Help, help, I'm being repressed I'm being repressed, someone's trying to silence me So much for the tolerant left So much for the tolerant left, exterminate
1: Exterminate <laughs> <Why>? <laughs>
0: I hope you leave some of that <laughs> after him. Questions, Sam. Um, some questions. What's the questions? Uh, Alice the gayest Dungeon now. Still an amazing name. We'd like to know Maya has potato. You can have potato. If the potato is consenting, you can have tato. Wink. <laughs> 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 my Twitch my, my community is called the Sexy Potato Squad. Indeed they are. Uh, um, uh, Tricky, hi Tricky, asks, what are we going to do with Gaius Baltar? <sighs> I think that's up to God. Uh, Not if I have anything to do with it. Throw him out the airlock. He's caused too much trouble. Mm. I, I, I don't know, but... <laughs> He seems to cause problems wherever he goes, and he's a weaselly little shit. He is part of God's plan. Is he... Is is, is there a God? Does God have a plan? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I have not seen how this ends. I don't know. I think... Uh, I, I, I think that's entirely up to the, the, the democratically elected government. Uh, Callum Turner. Hi, Callum. Hi. He asks, uh, are there any board games... You would like to see made into videoed ones. Ooh. Also, any videoed games that you would like to experience in a tabletop slash board game setting. Oh, I would totally play a Root video game. There is a Root video game, but there is a digital version of Root. Yeah, no, I mean like a video game, like proper video gamey, like multiple factions having their little war. But it's just little animals doing little like... An actual RTS. As yeah! The of the cats. Yeah! <laughs> little animal RTS. Yeah! <laughs> commanding a ten thousand cat army, commanding and conquering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Um, it's a tough one. Like, I'm I'm gonna say Frostpunk because I missed the Kickstarter mm. and that looked really good. <laughs> and now I keep looking at the game on Steam every time it goes on sale. Going, I don't know if it's gonna be as good as that board game looked though. <laughs> <laughs> I can't necessarily justify that eight quid. Um, I don't know. Like, a lot of the video games that end up at board, as board games end up really, really bad. Like, hmm. I've heard awful things about the, the Fallout board game. Both Doom games. I think there's yeah. been two Doom games. Uh, uh, the Dark Souls game. I'm yeah. Not here's, great. here's the thing. Board game uh, to video game and vice versa conversions usually go really badly because the things that make um, the mechanics of one interesting are usually not satisfying in the other medium. Mm-hmm. And... The problem is, is that when you convert something, people expect that core experience to be translated. And, like, if you turn a video game into a board game, usually it has infinity mechanics and way too many things to keep track of. And it's just not, there's no way to have it be as fast paced as it was. Yeah, because a lot of the stuff that was being done by, uh, like, a computer uh, in the background. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. This is why games like Gloomhaven, which were huge and, you know, really influential and stuff in the board game world and very, very popular. It was uh, Board Game Geek's, uh, like, number one in the top 100 for, like, two years, I think, maybe three years. Yeah. Um, I believe it's recently dropped off. Don't quote me on that. Um, But, like, almost immediately, it's got an app that does most of the setup for you. Yeah. Most of the, like, who's poisoned, who's already taken damage. Yes. uh, All of that has already been done for you with the app. So all of a sudden you've got this huge box of stuff and there's just whole swathes of it you don't need to touch anymore because the app's handling it for you. And that's the problem of going, yeah, we're going to do a dungeon crawler like D&D, but we're going to have lots of video gamey stuff in it. Um, yeah, and, and sprawl over, which is why that box is so huge. The- and if I liked dungeon crawlers, I'd probably play that. One. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, I don't know many good crossovers, and there's not many I would want to risk. I mean, like the the thing I have been really excited to play, uh, like or, or wanted to play as a as a board game recently, have been um, like mobas. Yeah. Because for the longest time I wanted to play I wanted all the mechanics of a MOBA without the other people. Yes. Um and Mix vs Minions has done a pretty good job of that. Yeah. The other one that's I've has been inspiring me recently was um CloudSpire. Hmm. But it's out of print. Yeah. It can only be ordered from the manufacturer. And the next print run doesn't happen until January. Yeah. And at this point, as waterproof as chip theory games are I'm not sure they'll survive potentially six months in Lake Gove while they go through fucking customs. Yeah. Uh, I have managed to find one on eBay. Yeah. The box is damaged, but it's a chip theory game. Everything else inside it's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> huh. Um. So, yeah, yeah. like, I wanted to do that sort of, like, hey, here is a thing that has the, yeah. the minions coming and you fight them that way. I have that. That's yeah. fine. That's, that's in the bag now. Yeah. Um, But yeah, generally, they don't cross over well. Like, this War of Mine, it's it's an okay game, but it's long and miserable, and it doesn't have a proper manual. It wants you to learn how to play the game as you play the game. Yeah. Which means if you're actually looking for a single rule to clarify something, you're probably a bit fucked. Yeah. Or you're going to go online. The only other thing I would say is... You can maybe make that conversion if you take the setting and the general plot, but you throw out the mechanics and do yeah. the mechanics from scratch. So let's say um, something like uh, Stuffed, if instead of being a card game, dice rolling resource thing, it was uh, cute little uh, the, the reanimated animal-y things, you keep all the art design but make it a... Third person adventure game about trying to escape from uh, or depression even an world, an RPG. Or, or an RPG. Like, like you're trying to help yeah. your, like there are people being followed. Like, like there's maybe like a thread tethering burdens to people, and some yeah. of them are really weighed down, and you have to like, exactly help like help them deal. Take with them. the world building and go what. What kind of video game could make use of that setting really well, mm. rather than trying to take the mechanics and make those into video game mechanics? And I think of all of those, I think stuff is probably one of the best ones for it. Yeah. Like, um, and a, a maybe Consentical for that as well. Mm. I love the idea of that game. Love the artwork of that game. Playing it, it doesn't come out very often. Like, yeah. I have enjoyed playing it. Yeah. I love the idea of it. I love the pieces of it. Yes. But, like, I get it out, we play it once or twice in a day, and then it sits on the shelf for up to a year. It's a gorgeous game that I'm glad we own, that, like, I think you could do something really beautiful with that world setting and mm-hmm. art in a different medium, perhaps. Yeah, like that comic book the, uh, the, yeah. in the, in the, in the yeah. manual. Like, if that had gone further, would be fascinated. Yeah. But that game on its own is not super great to play. Yeah. It's certainly not one that you want to get your teeth stuck into and get super good at, mm. Necessary, Unless you're making it actually sexy. The, the, yeah. Because, like, other, otherwise, the better you get at that game, the less interesting it becomes, because it's, mm-hmm. I communicated this and you understood. Bless you. Yeah. The better you get at it, it becomes... I communicated the thing and you understood the thing and we did the correct move and next turn. Yeah. And it, it, there stops being a challenge if you develop a good language to communicate in well, it. Well, I mean that's the other thing like the harder versions of that game are you can't like you just use your eye eye movement. Yeah, and it feels like a really drastic <laughs> step up. Yeah, because at that point like you're just guessing. Yeah. And the one beyond that is you wear sunglasses so you can't even see what your eyes and you're not supposed to move. So again, you're just guessing. Yeah. There's not really a game at that point. Yeah. Like, it, it's so nicely done, and I was so suckered in by the concepts. Oh, I uh, love again, tentacles. I'm glad we own it. It's, oh, yeah. it's a lovely thing. Oh, worked well, beautiful. The components yeah. are beautiful to handle. Yeah, Don't want to get it out very often. Yeah. Uh, do we have any other questions this week? You put the phone away. I did, but, you know, me. That is all the questions. <laughs> well then, um, time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social Justice Warriors. Social Justice Warriors. Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Perry. How, How you doing? doing? Um well you know, it's that um seasonal issue that I have every year at uh, UDP. All the daylight goes and suddenly the sad fills in the gap. <laughs> that and all the festivitiness that I you know I've got some trauma related to. Yeah, yeah. It's all piling up on top of each other. It all, all does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. You uh, you been up to much? Oh, you know, I've been thinking, as as one yeah, does, yeah. you know. Uh, as as we're coming up to that festive time of year, there's been a lot of uh, seen a lot, of st- a lot of stuff going around about uh, minimizing waste and being like, you know, maybe uh, on a household individual level. Uh, maybe use less wrapping paper, or make sure you recycle it properly, or, uh, you know, uh, try and avoid food waste at the festive uh, holidays and whatnot, yeah. which is all very good points. Yeah, All of it is very good points. A level of personal responsibility is important. Indeed it is, indeed it is, and I don't want to diminish that it is important, no. but I've been thinking about yeah. the fact that, you know, all of the pressure we always see is on the individual, and yep. the individual can do some... Uh, something to make change and that Indeed. is positive but on a global scale the vast 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 majority of waste being in uh not recycling things or uh food waste or uh you know carbon emissions is all done on a corporate level yeah the vast majority of its corporations you know destroying the planet because it is profitable for them to do so and uh, it's really easy to beat yourself up about the planet is dying. Clearly, I, on a personal level, am not doing enough to fix it. And yeah, when we know that is literally not the case. Indeed, indeed. It, it's one of those things you've got to remind yourself every now and then. I'm yeah. like, look, do what you can to save the planet, but bear in mind... There are, like, 19 people responsible for 99% of the world's pollution. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they have names, and they are just... Being reckless with the planet that we all have to share. Exactly. So, like, do your personal responsibility and do what you can to minimise, reuse, uh, you know, reduce waste. But don't feel bad if you've had to throw out, like that end bit of a lettuce because you didn't quite get through exactly. all of it in time because you're only yeah. a small family well, don't don't feel bad if oops i've just realized there's that one plastic bottle that i accidentally put in the wrong bin and i've forgotten the bins got taken and that one oh i fucked up on that don't sit there being upset that you ate pizza and now you can't recycle the box because it's got grease on it exactly <laughs> you know do your best do your best but do not beat yourself up because you cannot change this alone be vocal at that 19 or so people across the planet who probably could do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <sighs> Virtual <Much> luck, mate. Virtual luck. Now that vaccine's on the uh, yeah. horizon, maybe. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm very hyped for the vaccine, and uh, hopefully, well, we'll be back to uh, a proper hugging note. Hope, hopefully, within the next, you know few months yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm
1: looking forward to that first hug back oh he's gonna be so good mate. Always oh, gonna going to be good, good. <sighs>
0: right mate i think i'll prepare uh, i'll pop the kettle on have a nice cup of tea Oh, well, i'm gonna go out uh, go to bed well i hope you enjoy sleep well drink your dreams mate nice so laura yes. yes my darling yes you who writes books and Me. is on podcasts yeah tell us Where we can find you? You can find me at Laura K Buzz in all the places. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the important one. Patreon.com slash LauraKBuzz. That's what pays the bills. Uh, LauraKBuzz.com. Everything gets posted over there. Um, I Twitch stream Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. We are doing a bunch of Yakuza still ploughing on through that game. Um... Every Friday, I post episodes of Access-Ability, which is a show all about accessibility and representation in the games industry, edited by the lovely Jane here. Hello. Uh, this week is an episode about Yakuza Like a Dragon, and how it has this really weird tonal dissonance between how it treats homeless people in story cutscenes versus as enemy pun types. Um, so that that will be up by the time that you hear this. Also... Um, Uncomfortable Labels is a book what I did, it's about being an autistic trans woman and you can get that where books are sold or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. There's Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is a, uh, an illustrated coffee table book of silly and serious video game character butt reviews with a bunch of, uh, developer interviews and guest critics and whatnot. It's coming out on February 4th, 2021, or if you backed it on Unbound and you live in the UK, you might already have your copy. If you're elsewhere in the world, your copy is probably on its way to you. Uh, copies have been sent to people. They've they're out in the world, they're on their way. Ooh. Um oh, are you check in what Mine is due tomorrow between eight twenty-nine and twelve twenty nine PM. Uh, Wait, I believe I'm... sorry, eight eight twenty nine AM and twelve twenty nine PM. Sir. Ah, I think that's when roughly when Becky's is due as well. Oh heck. Yeah. So By the time you hear this, UK people should have their copies, I think, and we'll see. I'm excited. I'm nervous. (laughs) Um, Also, there's Gender Euphoria, which is an anthology of non-cis people's just positive gender-affirming stories. That's coming out on June 10th, 2021. Uh, The cover design for that is sorted. Uh, Typesetting it, it's basically ready for approval by the contributors, and then it's going to go to the printers. So, like, that's going to be out in six months. That's weirdly soon. Um, the ball on is getting rolling on that. Also, podcasts. Pixel Squirt. It's about video game character pornography, and it's with Mari and Stacy from Geek Remix. There's also uh, Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. Uh, there is... Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. They're all self-contained stories. And I'm on another podcast with you that isn't this one. It's Polly Arey. Yeah. A D&D 5th edition real play podcast with questionable morals. Uh, we've just had the return of everyone's favourite character, and I'm not talking about Parkin, uh, in the latest episode that went up. Go check that out on my SoundCloud or my YouTube, uh, or our... Uh, Spotify, I know all the things yeah. Um, I have a Patreon too For as little as a dollar a month You can help me justify 69 Nice, our work week Um, uh, For $10 a month or As little as $10 a month uh, You can get early access to Queer and Pleasant Strangers uh, That usually goes up On a Wednesday night Or a Thursday morning Unless we speak about something that's under NDA Um. Yeah uh, My Patreon is uh, Patreon.com slash StonedMonkeyRadio uh, yeah, that's the important one. I also, uh, I design t shirts, they're for sale on my Redbubble. I Twitch stream on Thursday nights around, uh, 7.30 UK time. Uh, I think that's most of the important ones. Uh, streamerlinks.com slash janiac, J A N E I A C. You can find all the things I do. I make music under the name be- Bedroom Programmer. Check that out too. Uh, I think that's everything. Laura, will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger.